Welcome to Jersey Arts, the podcast. I'm Amber Edwards of State of the Arts, NJN Public Television's weekly arts program. The George Street Playhouse is currently presenting a world premiere play by Elaine May, also directed by her, called Roger is Dead. It's a comedy, naturally, but with a point. And it features Marlo Thomas as Doreen, the wife whose husband, Roger, is dead. She's um, a childish woman, and, uh, and she's been very uh, protected her whole life. We could call it pampered, but mostly I think it's protected. You know, she, she says in the play, nothing bad's ever happened to me. You know, who can say such a thing, you know? She says, well, maybe I, it's just too late for me to have the right response to anything that's bad. You know, she just, she doesn't. So either nothing bad has happened to her or she's never, you know, been able to absorb anything bad. And so when she starts to talk about her family, you realize that her parents were very detached from her. So that was a bad thing, but she, you know, she just didn't record it that way. I think she lived in a little dream world her whole life, and her husband uh, really protected her, Roger, and then he dies. And a lot of people, especially men, come after the play and say, "Oh, I know women like this," you know, women that have just been very, very protected and don't face, you know, so that they can even change because our experiences are what make us who we are. And as we, you know, we grow from those experiences. Obviously, Doreen didn't grow through her experiences. And now her husband has died, and this is the one. This is the experience that makes her grow. Marlo Thomas and Elaine May have known each other for years, but had only worked together before as fellow performers. We co-starred in a movie called In the Spirit that Julian Schlossberg, who's producing, has also produced. And so that's when I worked with her. She called me and she said, I've written a play and there's a great part for you in it. Uh, there's a part I'd like you to play in it. That's what she said. And I said, oh, great. Let me read it. And so she sent it to me. And, and I, you know, I always like to read things two or three times. And I liked it at first. And I thought, let me read it again. I read it a couple of times. And the more I read it, the more I saw that was in it. You know, it's not just funny. It's very poignant and it's very strong. Her character, Doreen, doesn't appear until the play is well underway. And then they don't recognize me when I come on because I'm blonde. So it's great. It's interesting. It's fun. And far from being a star vehicle, Roger is Dead is very much an ensemble piece. You're kind of like the flying Wolandas, you know. Everybody has to, you know, throw that bar at the same time and catch it and be there to throw it back. And Elaine is really great at casting. I wasn't in the casting sessions. But the producer, Julian Schlossberg, told us that they saw like 50 or 60 actors for each part. And people who come into the play say, my God, this play is so well cast. And because she's really intense about that, you know, making sure that every, every part really can be interpreted by this person. And not just by their abilities, but by how they look, you know. It's, 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 it's great. It's, it's, it's wonderful to see you know, I, when I read the play, I didn't know who was going to be in it, right? And so as I saw them each on the day of the reading, I was like, wow, that's who that is. That's who Michael is. That's who, that's who the nanny is. It was just so interesting. We're lucky. They're very, very seasoned people. Everybody in this cast has got a long, long list of, of uh, credits. Um, two of the people, two of the men, Tom Bloom and Tom Bloom and Carmen La Savita just came off of Cyrano with Kevin Kline. Julia Brothers is a wonderful actress uh, who's done everything from Medea to you know comedies up in San Francisco, 
and Mark Blum, I actually, there's a Blum and a Blum, Mark Blum uh, and I were in uh, Women in Mind together, and he's always on Broadway. So these are people, you know, Patricia O'Connell's got this gigantic resume. These are really seasoned, experienced actors. So they're all, you know, when they come on, they, you know, they hold the play together. That's so much fun. To most people, Marlo Thomas will forever be known as That Girl, the hit TV series from the 1960s that stealthily introduced a feminist character and viewpoint to the small screen. I had a meeting with uh, the head of the network. I had made another pilot for ABC that didn't sell. I, I was just cast in it. I screen tested. I was cast like any other kid. And it didn't sell. And the, at ABC, it was called Two's Company. <laughs> and the head of the network, Ed Sherrick at the time, asked to see me and my agent. And we went in and he said, the show almost sold because Clairol wanted to buy it because of you. They want to find a young woman to sell shampoo and, you know, to promote. Because everything then was, you know, cigarettes and, uh, what do you call it, coffee and refrigerators and hadn't really sold female products a lot on television. So Clara was looking for a girl to do that with. And so they said they, re they really want to sponsor a show. We think you can be a big television star, blah, blah, blah. We're going to look for a show for you. So they started sending me scripts and I didn't think that they were very good. And so I I called him and I said, could I come and see you? And he said, yes. And I said, I don't think these shows are very good and I don't understand why you don't do a show about a girl like me who has a dream. You know, no, no girls on television have a dream. They're either the wife of somebody or the secretary of somebody, you know, but there's nobody, or the daughter of somebody, but there's nobody who's just the somebody. And so I gave him the feminine mystique to read and I said, this is where it's going. You know, you should really read this. And there was a woman named Rena Bartos who, was the first vice president, first female vice president of an advertising agency, gray advertising agency. I didn't know her, but I read about her once in some article. And she said in the article, she was trying to teach the advertisers that they had to sell product differently, that they couldn't put bikini-clad women on the top of hoods of cars. Women bought cars and they weren't going to buy it if that was what it was. It wasn't going to sell that way. And she said, if you want to hit a moving target, you have to aim it where it's going, not at where it's been. So I said this to Mr. Sherrick. I said, if you want to hit a moving target, you have to aim it where it's going, not at where it's been. And this is where it's going. Women aren't going back to being their mothers, you know. I said, I don't even want to get married, you know. I never wanted to be married. And I was pretty clear I didn't want to be married at, you know, 21 years old. So uh, he just looked at me like I was an alien, you know. I said, I think you should do a show about a girl like me who graduated from college, who wants to be an actress, whose parents don't want her to be an actress, who's terrified they'll lose her virginity, or she'll lose her virginity. And he said to me, do you really think anybody would watch a show like that? I said, yeah, I do, I do. And we really were an instant hit. I mean, the first night. And it, it wasn't because I was so wonderful. It was really because every home had a that girl in it, every home. And every home had a grandmother who said, yeah, you go ahead, girl. So every, we really brought something brand new. And when you bring something that's, that hits the target, it hits the wave like that, I mean, there was a wave in this country. You know, the serious people like Gloria Steinem and Betty Friedan and Erica Young and all those women, you know, were writing and they didn't know each other and they were writing. And then here I was, this young woman saying this, and there was just this big wave at it all. We all caught the wave at the same time. Gloria always said, you know, she said, Marlo got away with murder because everybody saw her, you know, as a, uh, 
what did she say it? As a reformer, they didn't realize she was a revolutionary. And it was true, I mean, it was a revolution, really. It was, it was part of the women's revolution. If you haven't seen Marlo Thomas on TV recently, except for That Girl reruns and a memorable turn as Jennifer Aniston's mother on Friends, it's because she's kept busy doing live theater, which is what launched her career. Well, I've been in the theater since I was 17, so my big break was when I was 20. I went to Mike Nichols' Cast Me in Barefoot in the Park in London. I think for a lot of us, the, the theater is a the place where you start, too, because you can get a good job. You know, in television, in, the, in your early career, you get two lines to say, you know. But in the theater, you can play Laura in Glass Menagerie. You know, you can play View from the Bridge. You can do all kinds of things that you'd never get a chance to do in film or television as a young person. You have to work your way up unless you get real lucky fast, you know. So for me, it was always a place where I could do my work. Young people write me and ask me, you know, I, I want to be an actress and I did this at school and I did this and whatever and, you know, you know, how, how do I start and what do I do? I said, work in community theater. You'll probably get a chance. You should be ready for it. You might not get two chances. Marlo Thomas credits her father, the actor and comedian Danny Thomas, with giving her the values and standards she's built her own career on, the recognition that a star is not just an entertainer, but a role model. My dad used to always say that. He used to say every joke, even every cartoon in a newspaper that's even one little square, every piece of humor has a message. There isn't anything that doesn't have a message. If you write it down, there's a message in it. If you draw a cartoon, there's a message in it. So you have to really be clear with what, you know, with what you're putting out there. So I've, I've been lucky that I've was successful young so that I had a platform and I could do stuff that I wanted, like Free to Be You and Me and a lot of things like that. On the other hand, I think I probably didn't work as much as I should have through my career because I was always very aware of what things said and didn't like what they said, or I thought they were stupid or something. You know, and I think as an actor, you, you, have, to, you, you have to act. You have to continue to act. And so that's why I found myself doing a lot of, as I say, old plays in regional theater, because they were about something really good. Roger is Dead, featuring Marlo Thomas, is at the George Street Playhouse through May 11th. For more information about the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. Jersey Arts, the podcast, is a production of State of the Arts. Watch it on NJN Public Television Fridays at 8.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 11.30 p.m. Individual stories can be seen anytime on njn.net. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts is proud to co-produce State of the Arts. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts, encouraging excellence in the arts since 1966. Additional support was provided by the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, supporting cultural, educational, and environmental initiatives that make our world more livable. I'm Amber Edwards.